So today on the podcast, we have Francis Baldwin, who is the coach to Tim and I. So uh, an outsider kind of by proxy. Uh, Francis has helped support us as we look at the organization, as we think about what we each want individually and collectively for the outside. And so we thought we'd have Francis on today after a really recent conversation we had around the direction of the organization, but really specifically around uh, Tim and I and our relationship. And so we're calling this podcast Two is Better Than One because Francis asked us as we look at kind of the world of our work getting busier and busier and feeling quite stretched, you know, one of the provocative questions she kind of asked us was like, does it always have to be you two together? Could you be beginning to think about splitting up? And that could be a way to kind of decrease um, the amount of time you both are working. And Tim and I came back with a pretty emphatic uh, uh, no. Nope, nope, it's going to be the two of us. And so we thought we'd start there, talk about why we think two is better than one, what Frances knows about collaboration and partnership, uh, what she's hearing from Tim and I, and just kind of go from there. Because of course, Frances has this amazing background, both in corporate consulting, in diversity and equity work, as well as gestalt work. And so she's kind of this fantastic hybrid of all of these things. And so when she talks, we always learn a lot. So we thought we'd have her on the show today. Mm, wicked. It's lovely to have you, Francis. I feel like the spaces we get into with the three of us are really intimate and are formative to what we end up deciding with the outside. So it's just lovely to have you into the podcast with us and, and working on it. Um, yeah, so maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe just to invite your voice in a little, Francis, and you could speak a little bit to your relationship to the outside and, and anything else you might want to say about who you are to introduce yourselves to the listeners. We've got a regular crew that follow us, so over to you. Well, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this. It is always an experience to come to the outside. Um, so I'm <laughs> learning and growing along with you. So I think... Um, yeah, it is. It is a. It's, it's a. I'm, I feel like I must be nimble every time I come, and that's a good thing. Um, and it's a good thing because, like, I have years of experience, and um, I realize I'm grounded in so much of the what was foundational in organizational change. That is really um, there are things that are relevant today, but there are, there are guidelines that I learned that I'm, I learned that are impossible to implement because things move faster because of time, because uh, a number of reasons. So I'm looking how to bring my wisdom, but also be flexible in how to use it and how it applies. And I, I'm particularly interested in in looking at you know what we learned from the past that's not negotiable that is still a part of the, uh, is still part of the future. For instance, one of the things I was reflected on is one of my teachers, Herb Shepard, said, never work alone. And I thought, well, that fits for the outside because you are like a shared one, uh, one person, two person system leading an organization. So you are not, uh, you're not working alone. But uh, that's it, that's for me. I am, um, I am enjoying being an elder Mm. Uh, and um, and all the joy that that you know that brings a lot of joy. It also brings that growth thing that I talked about. How to be, how to bring your wisdom to the current world. So.
So Francis, one of the things that um, was interesting for us, you know, Tim and I often kind of follow, I don't know, synchronicity or how you want to say it, but as we were thinking about needing a coach, someone to hold us as we kind of held the outside, you came to both of our minds as we were brainstorming options. You were the person who came to both of our minds and we were both kind of like, not sure why. Obviously, we both liked you and had met you, but hadn't had contact with you for years, but you came mm. to both of our minds. And so we did just a little digging. And so I just want to share uh, with our audience that, yes, you um, you know a lot about foundational OD concepts because uh, you have actually won a Lifetime Achievement Award for organizational development. And so that just feels worth sharing with folks. This is a deep field of your expertise and experience. And so um, when we say you know OD, that actually has some really deep meaning. You've been both awarded and informed the field significantly. So that was one piece. But also this background you have in Gestalt, which I think um, I'm hoping you could talk about that maybe a little bit, but also for me, kind of as a former psychotherapist, also increased my confidence that you could attend to both what's happening in the organization, what's happening for us personally within the organization, as well as these different parts and how they fit together. Okay. Well, that's very perceptive of you, Tuesday. Thank you. Uh, because I do consider my Gestalt training, um, it's that part of my learning that brought everything together for me. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if I were to um, communicate what I'm most proud of was not only winning the Lifetime Achievement Award, but four months later, I also won the Gestalt Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh. And that means so much to me because it is the, I wouldn't say the training, it's the orientation. It was like a transformation that affects not only the quality of my work, uh, but also just the way I live and walk in the world. And so to get to get the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Gestalt Center was just the biggest, um, the biggest compliment. And it does really, you know, I would hope that what you and Tim tuned into, I'm sure at the time that we met, I was really still integrating all of that. And um, I think it does, um, it gives me comfort and some assurance and some pathway in the work that I do to have my gestalt training. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, Francis, it's, it's brilliant to have you with us not only because of your experience, but just because of who you are and the way that you seem able to follow Tuesday and I and leap right in, even though you're not in it with us every day, you know? And, uh, and I think this question of like, whether we, you know, two is better than one, whether we stay together as founders or whether we divide and conquer essentially. And, and, and I feel like this went back to like why we started the organization choose. You know, mm -hmm. and in many ways, like I started this organization to hang out with my friend, <laughs> <laughs> like literally that was like one of the founding desires behind it, you know, and I think summer has given us this incredible language of like, you know, work is like food. 
for some of us. You know, it's a it's a thing that gathers us around the table where we can all come together and be with friends to do something that feels meaningful and nourishing. And that we think about the outside like that. We think about the outside like a feasting table where people where people we love can come together and grow and get nourished and enjoy each other's company. And 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 and, and the idea of splitting us up was like, I don't want to do that. That's not even why I started this organization. I started this organization to hang out with my friend with my mate more you know not less <laughs> uh, and so and uh, but also the, the 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 depth of learning behind that as we've worked together across our differences has been one of the most kind of generative experiences of my life but also recurringly pointed to as a, as something of the generative energy and engine behind the outside as an organization too yeah and you know uh, Lest, I mean, I, I'm with you 100%. I, I found that sometimes when we split off from projects, I'm like, what am I doing this for? This isn't nearly as much fun. That's not mm. what, what I'm here to do. And I think that uh, that is a big part of it. And I think we're really fortunate. It's what we enjoy more. And I actually, it's we, where we learn more. But I actually think delivery is better when we're together. And mm. I think, you know, we have very different perspectives as we talk about this on the podcast all the time, racially, gender-wise, class-wise, nationality-wise, and, and our brains are just different. So we catch different things. And I think because we do systems change with equity in the center, having to work across that difference in every kind of waking moment, in every project, lends us both practice, uh, experience, and credibility. And so it's it's... And it's what I want, right? So that's nice that it goes along with what I want for my work life. I think it's better for the work itself. And I also think um, it somehow lends credibility or depth to our learning over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. so that is part of why it doesn't feel like I'm holding on to that just because I like working with my friend better, although that might be okay. Frankly, it's our organization. We could decide that's just what we want. But I do think um, it adds sharpness to the work. And Francis, you know, we you had that question for us and we kind of shared that back with you. And you're like, OK, I get it. But I'm curious what how that landed for you and what you were thinking as we kind of laid that out for you. And, and even as we lay it out today, what are some of the thoughts that that uh, prompts for you? Well, I think the the understanding I came to um, and I anticipated the answer that I got, but I really wanted to test whether or not that was a possibility. And it gave me a different figure for looking at you. So you, instead of thinking that you bring a lot of the same and could possibly work separately and bring that equally wherever, you know, in, from, from different um, settings, I started to think about you as uh, you complement each other, but you don't replicate each other. So mm -hmm. that means that uh, the two of you together create a wholeness that you that you bring to the work. And if you, um, you know, if you were to separate, that wouldn't. If you were to work separately, I should say, that wouldn't be the case. And that's what. And I always just remember that it was your clients who brought that insight by require, requesting that they would want both of you mm. more than they would want either of you mm. separately. 
<laughs> I think that was very insightful. So there are some, um, so one of the things that just my Gestalt orientation freed me up was, to be, was actually to consider the spiritual dimensions of our work. Like when you talk about your relationship, you know, it's very seldom you can just find a friend or a colleague uh, that you can work and be your whole self, which means working through, enjoying your similarities, also being willing to look at your differences and understand them and work across them. That's very rare. And to find that with someone with whom you would work is also uh, very unique. So I think when you look at that, when you look at um, how the three of us end up in the same space, um, that you would, that each of you would think of me for some reason that we could name, but not really. I mean, we can add the names that we know to that. So there is a spiritual dimension to the existence of the outside and, and how you work and who you attract. Yeah. I, I have a question. And for both of you, or for all of us, better way to say it, which is that I think where we're landing in terms of how the outside might expand or be able to respond to the number and range and scope and scale of requests that we're receiving is that rather than dividing choose and I, we'd like to build teams that are able to respond to those circumstances, you know? And, and I think choose and I have had this image of being able to build teams somewhat in the image of what we have with each other, you know, um, yes. of them being across race, across class, across gender, across, nationality across upbringing you know and and then i'm also hearing the kind of you know you use the rare the word rare quite a few times there and you pointed to the synchronicity of things like that in that they're very hard to contrive do you know right. what i mean yeah and of course but our business model may demand that we contrive that a little bit you know and and so i'm just wondering if that's an unrealistic Mm. expectation to set mm. for ourselves, you know, that actually we may need to look, I don't know. It's just like, you can't organize magic, can you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't like tell magic to happen, you know? It's almost like you create the conditions for it and sometimes it arrives and sometimes it doesn't and you get better at creating conditions and get better at getting results, but it's never guaranteed, you know? So I'm just wondering how the two of you kind of respond to that or think about that. And the implications of that. I think what you've done with what I said, I said you can't replicate each other. Um, you complement each other. So you're creating the same in, if you could replicate your team, your partnership, then that would be the answer to how you uh, how you grow and um, expand the, the, the leadership or expand the number of people within the organization who are doing that kind of work. So it seemed to me the grounding piece of that would be attracting people who have the same values. Because once you attract them, if they can build that type of team, then it, 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 it allows you to have confidence that they can do the work because they won't do the work exactly as you would do the work but they will work from the same values and from the same principles and for the same purpose. And that would give you comfort um, that 
they you know they could replace you or they could go in your stead into your into your into your client system so i think it's attracting so the the practical question around that gets to be the timing since we mm. can't turn a track on and a turn a track off but uh having that intention it would be i think just looking for those uh looking for those those possibilities but it is a timing thing and it you know, there's always going to be spaces of ambiguity in the outside, how it exists and how it works. That's a that's a, a given. That's always going to be because you're growing, dynamic, and moving organization. Uh, but that would be the most immediate, the timing by which you can start to create these um, additional partners. That seems so. I feel like you just like put the crux of it out there, Francis. It's actually. Tim, if I think about, I feel like it is absolutely timing issue. I feel like every other thing we've said, right, that we were like, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. We've done, right? So we said yeah. really specifically, um, we want to do, I mean, I just from the very beginning, we want to do systems change equity center. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Oh, okay, here we're doing it, right? Just like mm. we've lived into that. We said, we want to build a multiracial team. At one point, we actually said, we're not going, like we're not building a white organization. Mm. This organization must reflect the future we are mm. creating. Mm. And that has been challenging. And yet I feel like that's where we are. We're not there perfectly, mm. but I feel like when we put our stake in the ground, right, things happen, but it is a question of timing. Like I don't doubt Yes, because I think it isn't, you're right, it isn't um, Tim finding another you and I and that, because I, I know where we're going to find people who have been friends and colleagues for 16 years to lead teams. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know where we find that. I mean, we very well may find that, but I think more to like, can they sign on to the principles of the outside? Are they committed to the work? Do they like the people? Because this, these relationship pieces seem to be key. It's what keeps us all of us working a bit too hard. It's what keeps all of us on our edge, right? The people and the work. And so I just don't have any doubt we will be able to like put our stake in the ground, cross racial, cross gender teams to deliver the work. But it is a matter of timing because we've got a lot coming at us. And I don't know exactly what that means. And we've been interviewing people and talking to people, and I'm still not clear that with what's on the horizon or what you and I might need to shift in our expectations to get there. Mm. Um, I think we can get there, but but it's but what we're doing is a tall order. Just like building an organization that reflects the future we want is and continues to be a tall order, but we're meeting it. Mm. I don't. Yeah, that's what's on my mind at this moment. Uh, I kind of have two things rolling around my head. And one is that, you know, uh, Gabriel, who works with us and is, you know, has brought a lot of the inspiration and energy and drive for the developmental evaluation kind of in relationship to the work we deliver with our partners and clients, but also internally, has just really flagged for us recently the import, like how central the quality of relationships is uh, both to the loyalty that is engendered to the outside among outsiders, the people who work most closely with us, but also to the kind of experience that clients have with us. Like the thing they consistently identify is the quality of relationships, creating the conditions for a different quality of innovation and therefore impact within their 
organizational or systemic context, right? And so I think that that relationship piece that you're identifying choose is critical. And and I think we are doing it. You know, we're going out and warming up lots of relationships, you know, like we're talking to people and being like, how are you? We may reach out to you in the next six months to a year. And we're just saying hi to see how it feels. And, you know, we're doing a lot of that kind of like, I don't know, just trying to create the conditions to see if magic's going to happen, you know? And and I feel like we're doing that. And I also feel like, and this may be taking us off on another tangent, so I'm happy to park this and come back to it. But I also feel like um, one of the things that I'm struggling with at the moment, and that I even struggle with the fact I'm struggling with it, is that, um, is that the retrospective was client-focused, uh, was number one. The second retrospective was really outsider focused. That was number two. And then somehow within all of this choose, I feel like there's a danger that you and I just spend a lot of our time responding to what the client needs are and responding to what the organizational needs are without ever stopping and questioning what you and I want. And as people, as founders, you know, (laughs) and this was most stark for me recently when, you know, Jen, who, you know, works with us and is really the operational hub of the organization, presented to us the scenario of what our agenda might look like weekly if we shifted into this new model where we're coaching teams to deliver, you know. And and I looked at it and I was like, oh, is that what I want my life to be like? That could mm. That may be what the organization is demanding of us you know, and the clients are going to need from us to be able to move into this model. But is that the life that I, is that what I want my week to look like? And and I don't know actually whether it is or not, but it was just like, oh, you know. And so in the mix of all of this, like, I think we're doing a good job of like trying to build relationships, trying to grow at a speed that doesn't break the relationships that are so foundational, yet also trying to respond to the demand. But in the midst of all of that, I have this like little nagging voice of like, wait a minute, if we're just responding to all of that, are we going to end up with an organization that fits us? Anyway, I don't Mm -hmm. know how the two of you might respond to that or, yeah, I'm just, yeah, that's been bugging me or uh, nagging me. Bugging me isn't the right word. It's been nagging me recently. So one of the things you described, uh, Tim, is the struggles and the pain of change for the outside, um, which must be similar to what we are asking the clients to dig deep into and tolerate. So the the question becomes, um, what are we willing to sacrifice to create what's going to be necessary, which means, you know, the two of you are leaders you're also contributors, you know, a part of the joy in the work for you is that engagement with, uh, with the clients, is that uh, watching the progress that the clients make, is your ability to deal with that resistance yourself. So you feed on that. And if in order for the organization to grow, there must be some pause where you're trying to create other people to be able to develop it, it becomes a question, can you, can, are you willing to make that sacrifice that you may have to do less of that 
uh, as you de devote some time to developing new teams. I, I love that you just compared it to what we're asking our clients to do. Um, and I also think it flies in the face of, so I just like, I'm just kind of sitting with that, like, oh, this does mirror, right? Uh, what we're asking our clients to do. I'm curious, I, I'm really curious how many leaders we might talk to who would say, they spend their work life doing the things they want to do. I, I'm, and I'm not saying that that doesn't mean we shouldn't at all. I'm just like, oh, I wonder, like, I'm really curious about, um, are my expectations of what this kind of leadership looks like realistic? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not saying they are or they aren't. I certainly know that there's a reason I'm not in a large organization because I don't want that life, right? There's a reason I've chosen this particular way of working, and that is to set some of the things I want for my life in very intentional ways. Um, and so there's that, it makes me kind of, and it also, um, this idea, Francis, of sacrifice, um, being in a liminal space, right? Um, the time between you are here, but you want to be there, and dealing with that kind of uncertainty, anxiety, I don't like this right now, um, feels like it's up in all sorts of places in my life. And so I'm just thinking like, what am I learning about like um, that liminal space and not quite being where I want to be, but kind of really being like um, not to, like you said earlier, you talked about this being spiritual work, like not to get too spiritual, but like, this is kind of the path, right? It's not actually this liminal space is the thing. It's not about where we have to get to, although we do want to get there, but there is this time between where Tim, where we have these teams up and running and we're in the role that we want to be relating to them mm. and how we kind of enjoy, learn from, tolerate, get frustrated by this particular time as well. Um, and so I really always appreciate, Tim, you're asking, like, is this what we want to be doing? So, and, and I also want to, like, soften that a little bit to, and are we moving in the direction we want to move, even if this today doesn't feel like I look at it and go, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then I actually got that very brief interlude i think before i pass it off to francis again which is like how and how much of um the expectations or um uh desires or beliefs or etc 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 just arise out of my own class and my own upbringing and my own um all of that also comes up for me when I think about things mm. like this, you know, like, you know, mm. what is that expectation that I should just be able to do whatever I want to do as part of my leadership role? Where the fuck did that come from? You know, and uh, <laughs> right, and, it, and maybe that's all right. Maybe that maybe that's a gift of privilege, actually, mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than something I should feel guilty about. Or do, do you know what I mean? And yeah. so I'm just I just think there's so there's so many. I, this is why I love being in these in this working relationship with you as well as this friendship relationship with you is we get to like navigate the multiple layers of the cake, you know, yeah. and, um, 
and just like taste it and make sense of it. And, and like you say, just in the liminal space, keep talking and take the next best step that we can. Yeah, it raises um, a, a question for me of what do you, what do we want to bring to the world, which would require us to grow, to think about where you are now as seeding what you ultimately want to be able to offer to the world. So the demand um, for what the outside represents is harmongous, like, you know, not only around your focus on equity, but just around a healthy organization, just around an organization that works well for the people who are inside of it. Um, there's so such a great need for that. And as you, the way that you function right now, you can make a big impact on a small number of people. Um, and so is it your aspiration is one of your dreams that you would be able to spread this to a larger scale than you can actually handle right is that important oh Oh, well choose i just want to say something which is that i think we started this off saying or at least i started off saying this to myself i think we talked about it which was that i want us to be small niche and very high quality Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know like that was kind of how we started this off you know and 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 that actually that assumption or that belief might be shifting at the moment mm. in me mm. that actually i may mm. want us i feel the generative power of what we're doing mm-hmm. in terms of its potential impact francis and i'm beginning to feel like oh maybe i want us to be more than just small niche and really good quality you know, maybe I actually want us to be able to be doing good work on many fronts rather than just one or two, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, and I think, um, yeah, I remember that. And I, I remember, yes, I feel, and I, if I could even still, I'm thinking out loud here, could I, because uh, I, th- I think part of the work we've done, Tim, is actually in some ways really fed my ambition. Um, so I think small, niche, really good quality, all that still makes sense to me. Um, if I think that's, and uh, use language here, all we could do. Right. Like, so I'd rather be small niche and really good quality if we couldn't be bigger and do really good quality. Uh, but I find that the work we're in, the people we're working with, and I mean outsiders as well as clients, there's something that's actually fed my ambition. And I don't mean an egoic, I want to run a big company ambition. I mean, I think we can be helpful. I think we're good for the people who work for us. I think, um, we're cracking some things here that could be important. And so that makes me, um, I guess that, that it's almost like if my ambition were like, um, I'm thinking of something that's kind of small and contained, I feel like that's kind of cracking open. And so when I hear you say, um, you know, maybe that's not what I want, I'm like, yeah, I haven't thought about it like that, but I feel very, very willing very willing if we can do this at a larger scale what we're doing good work with people who feel cared for 
and that they're at their edge and we're contributing, like I feel more than willing. I feel like I want to do something more ambitious, um, which probably wasn't present three years ago. So I'm curious how that, when I say that, how that lands for you, Tim, and I'm wondering what you're hearing, Francis, too, because I think that is a shift that I hadn't named until this moment with your saying perhaps you're shifting, Tim. Mm. Yeah. I just feel like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel when I hear you say that. (laughs) You know, if if I had any art skills at all, I would do a caricature of Tim when he has an aha moment. <laughs> I absolutely would do that, but at least I have it in my head. And and I think one of the discoveries, if I could um, name it that, one of the insights that's opening up is that what you do actually works. Mm. You know, mm. and when you see, oh, this really works, and if it really works, I can see where it would make you feel like. Wouldn't it be great if it could work for more and more people or more and more markets? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean huge. That just means, you know, that it start, it finds its way to expand. Because I think the way that you will expand is as unique as, would be unique just as you're a unique organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we do all of that in a way that tends to the quality of relationships at the heart of this little being, the outside? And how do we do that in such a way that it remains something that is kind of like generative and creative and compelling for Choose and I as well, right? I mean, that's Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hmm. I, I feel like we're close... To, I mean, again, this like as always with this podcast, I feel like we never get to finish the conversations because they're they're long term conversations that we're in, and we get a glimpse into the moment, you know. But I feel like we're close to asking you for a quote, Francis. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Choose? I think that's right. And so we usually do uh, the song first, Tim. Do you got a song today, or do you want me to do a song today? Go for it, Choose. All right. Well, this is, I'm just uh, sharing this song because I shared it. I shared it with the outsiders after I think after our last team meeting. And um, it was originally by the Bee Gees. It's called How Deep Is Your Love? And I remember I heard it recently and I was like, why do I know that song? It was like kind of like I knew all the words, but I couldn't place it. So it's a, <laughs> it's a cover of the Bee Gees, How Deep Is Your Love by PJ Morton. And oh, yeah. I just love it. I think it's so great. So I sent it to all the outsiders and it's like, you know how timeless a song can be. And I actually thought about it, Francis, when you were talking at the, at the upfront of the podcast around how you, you know, your inquiry is like, what have we learned that's foundational? It's like, you know, like a good song or good song lyrics, they can like, they can be redone every generation, right. To speak to that generation. So, uh, so my song today is how deep is your love by PJ Morton. I liked it when the Bee Gees put it out. And I love it as it comes back, what, like 40 years later or something crazy like that.
That is a good one. So how about your quote, Francis? What did you bring us as a quote today? Recently, I was introduced to this group that's called the, they're the Piano Guys. But it's a group that performs. And I went looking for some of their work and on the cover of one of their um, um, songs was this quote. And I thought about you. And the quote says, don't only practice your art, but force your way into its secrets. For those secrets and your knowledge can raise men and women to the divine. So don't only practice your art, but force your way into all of its secrets. For those secrets and your knowledge can raise men and women to the divine. And it was Beethoven who said it. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. That is amazing. Thank you, Francis. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel mm. like I'm gonna wanna have that up. So good. Mm. Well. I like it. Francis, it's been a delight to have you on the podcast. And it's an equal delight to have you involved in the journey of the outside with us. Thank you for coming on and making time to be part of this. Yes, thank you so well, much. It is thank you. It's reciprocal because it is a learning um experience. Uh, it gives me practice how to be in this role, but mm. it's just such a delight to be in your energy and with your purpose. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And and until, you know, we will meet again soon and talk strategy and talk relationship and talk depth and spirit and all of those things. That is it for this episode of Find the Outside, the podcast. You can find us in all the places you normally get podcasts. If you could rate, review, let people know about us, that would be fantastic. If you'd like to drop us a line, we are at podcast at findtheoutside.com or on Instagram. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find us any of those places and we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Tim. And we'll see you all next time. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.